Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, none other than attorney at law, Adrian Lawrence, TYT contributor and author should be a great breakdown. Top story of the day, this is an indisputable exclusive. No other media outlet has this story. Right now, a cop who has been indicted for murder of a 26 year old African American male Tuskegee University student is already back working on the force and working as a trainer with SWAT nonetheless. Let me put up the picture from the Sheriff's Office of Fulton County. I'm gonna give you some background to this. Eric Hines, Assistant Chief Inspector of the US Marshall Southeast Regional Fugitive Task Force and Christopher Hutchins, he's the cop in question right now. Christopher Hutchins, who's a Clayton County police officer, was working a task force. Both of those cops were indicted for murder, aggravated assault, burglary, making false statements and violation of oath by a public officer. Now bring it back to me. Mr. Hutchins is still employed by the Clayton County Police Department in the state of Georgia. Mr. Hutchins, the officer was indicted by a grand jury in Fulton County, which is a county right next door to Clayton County. The cop was indicted for murder. Multiple individuals have seen this cop on the shooting range providing training, training to other police officers. And today an email came out that exposed the entire ordeal. This cop was indicted last year. Now, I'm going to expose some things never seen on television before. Put up the picture of this cop at the shooting range for Clayton County Police. That is an exclusive photo, proof positive that this cop is active, that this cop is not simply on administrative leave, that this cop is in fact in the middle of a training program. Now let me remind you, he was charged, the cop you're looking at right there, was charged with the murder of Jamarian Robinson. Let's put up a picture of Mr. Robinson, who was a Tuskegee University student at the time of this crime. Remember, the cops were charged with murder, burglary, aggravated assault and violation of oath of office. That cop is not only working, but that police officer is still training others who are up and coming police officers. Now, an email went out at 9 a.m. this morning. I'm going to read the email to you in full, here it is. To the commissioners of Clayton County, did you know you have a police officer, Christopher Hutchins, who was indicted for murder last year by District Attorney Fonnie Willis for shooting a black man 59 times, teaching the police shooting range, question mark. He's still on the SWAT team and is teaching a SWAT class today at the US Marshal's office. Do officers indicted for murder still get to teach other officers how to shoot? Is he going to teach rookies to shoot black men 59 times? What does District Attorney Fonnie Willis think about this? Now typically when you are indicted for murder, you're not allowed to have weapons, you're not allowed to continue to utilize guns. 
it's part of your release, it's part of your bond agreement. Well, I looked at the bond agreement for this particular police officer and no such requirement was listed on this bond agreement, okay? Now, the chief of police for Clayton County is an African American male. His name is Kevin Roberts, that's Chief Roberts. The buck stops with him, he's the individual in charge. Let me give you background to when this happened. Now, I've been following this story since day one. Since this took place, I've been at the scene, I've been at press conferences, I've been at rallies with the mother of this dead 26 year old. And I've had the mother on my radio program multiple times. This family has been seeking justice. They got an indictment from a Fulton County grand jury, cop gets indicted for murder and lo and behold, is still operating as a cop and not just a cop, operating as one who trains. Now, I did get a phone call today from a county commissioner in Clayton County who told me that according to his information, this police officer was on administrative duty. Not administrative leave, but administrative duty. And I pressed this particular county commissioner, well, what does that duty entail? Because according to the other officers who contacted me off record, this individual is working with SWAT and training people inside of that facility or on that shooting range. Well, the commissioner could not provide any additional context or clarity, but it is very clear. Based on the information that I've been able to independently confirm, the officer Hutchins, who is indicted for murder, has in fact been leading training of members of SWAT and is still a member of the SWAT team. Now the county is going to come out later today with an explanation. Now let me tell you how the spin is going to work. They're going to say, well, he's on administrative duty. He no longer has his badge, nor is he in uniform. That's to distract you from the reality that they have figured out a way to keep him actively involved as a trainer for their police division. The absolute least they could have done was to make sure that this cop, while being indicted for murder, was on administrative leave and nowhere near policing in that county. It shows the level of insensitivity between cop and community, where the police are okay with a cop who has been indicted for murder continuing to work in policing roles. You can't have an indictment for murder and work at Wendy's. I don't care how much the manager believes in you. I don't care how much the manager thinks you may be not guilty of the crime you've been indicted of. You cannot operate in this country at 99% of the jobs available with a murder indictment on your back, except policing. Let me give you the background, Robinson was shot 76 times. The reason why the report says 76 is because he was shot so many times, some of the bullets literally ricocheted and went back into his body. So the young Tuskegee student, Mr. Robinson was shot 76 times by police during an attempted fugitive arrest on the afternoon of August 5th, 2016. When they made entry into his apartment at Parkside at Camp Creek off Washington Road. Law enforcement believe Robinson was the man responsible for pointing a gun at Atlanta officers and running off. That claim has been unsubstantiated. Monteria Robinson, who's the mother, 
said in front of the Fulton County District Attorney's Office back in 2020, and I quote, my son was a college student at Tuskegee University. He was a student athlete who was at his girlfriend's house when 16 road cops broke down the door. Over 90 rounds were fired at my son. Flash bang grenades were thrown at him, landed on him, burning him. Somebody walked up the stairs, stood over him and shot down into his body two more times. After he was handcuffed and drugged down a flight of stairs. Put up the picture of the young Jamarian Robinson that was killed by these cops. Before his death. This 26 year old scholar was majoring in biology at Tuskegee University, was also a member of their football team. The jury got it right. The grand jury said this is an indictable offense. Do you know how difficult it is to indict a cop for murder, let alone more than one? The grand jury indicted those cops. And what was the response from the police? Well, the police decided to just give him another role. A role where he is literally, the police officer Hutchins is literally in charge of training cops how to shoot while under felony indictment for murder. I'm pissed, I'm upset. Put up the picture of this police chief again. He's black. The whole damn county commission, African American. Now you all better get this right. When I tell you there has to be a report at some point today that says that officer has no affiliation anymore around weapons or anything else, we're gonna have a problem. Now this mother, And this community, the NAACP advocacy groups, they have been telling you for years. There's an issue with how policing is done in this country. And right here, a cop indicted for murder by a grand jury is able to still train other police officers and you tried to hide it. You tried to hide it. All right, attorney, I gotta ask you, I have never seen a cop indicted for murder still actively involved in training people how to shoot and kill. Have you ever heard of anything like this before? Uh, Unfortunately, or I should say fortunately, I have not. Uh, As much as I want to have a frame of reference, this seems a little extreme and also a little ignorant uh, and a lot problematic. We know that people who are officers who use their guns are pretty rare. We know that it's only about a quarter of police officers ever fire their weapons. And of those who have per Pew Research, they were overwhelmingly white men who happen to work in non-rural, so kind of larger cities. And they also tend to be military veterans. We also know that they tend to approve harsh methods and physical methods for dealing with members of marginalized groups. So to have this individual, Hutchinson, who is already under this felony indictment and has killed and used his firearm, which is a rarity among police, 
to have him continue to train people really speaks to, again, ignorance. The fact is that the signal that's being sent, at least on my end, is that we want more officers to be shooting unarmed black people. And thus we are training someone who has experience in that area to go ahead and teach these officers. And this is extremely problematic, what is being signaled and communicated to members of the community, as well as what's being signaled to law enforcement. But I can damn sure tell you it's not lost upon me. Now, I'm going to say this because I do know some of the county commissioners who are elected in Clayton County, okay? I don't give a damn about the relationship we have had. If you're willing to stand by this ridiculous action by the police, you're going to stand by that. It's going to be you and me. Relationship be damned. Now, at some point, you have to figure out why you wanted to serve in public office in the first place. Was it to protect the powerful or was it to represent the people? Was it to become a champion for law enforcement or a champion for public safety? Which one? All right, we're gonna give you developments as this story continues. Wrong for death, 19 year old girl killed by the police because of a mix up dealing with a fast food order. Let's put up her picture full mass. The family of a 19 year old black woman has now filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Illinois police who are accused of punching and killing the teenager. Her name is Alexis Wilson, remember that name. The night Miss Wilson was killed, she ordered food from a popular steak and lemonade restaurant. But something was wrong with her order. The manager refused to correct the order or give a refund, causing Miss Wilson to go through the drive-thru and try to get another employee's attention. According to Alonzo Wilson, who is the father. Her food was not ready. There was a dispute at the window between my daughter and one of the workers. The workers got upset and said, we're not giving you your order. Alonzo Wilson says his daughter was trying to get the employee's attention. She hit the drive through window with a stick. She knocked on the window with a stick. Employees said the object was a gun, okay? As police arrived, Things unraveled quickly. As the officers asked Alexis and her boyfriend to exit the van she was driving, the lawsuit and video of the incident indicate Alexis Wilson's boyfriend exited the van, but Alexis refused, claiming she was not properly dressed. She can be heard on the camera saying, and I quote, I'm naked. And another person told her, cover yourself with a robe or something. After refusing to leave the vehicle, Her family attorney claims that within 50 seconds of the police arriving, you have this officer punching the young lady in the car. That's what is shown on the video. He says, if somebody starts punching you, the first thing you do is react. And the first reaction is to get away. And that's exactly what she did. And officers decided to fire into the vehicle and kill the 19 year old.
girl. She drove away. That's what she did. She drove away. And according to officers, this mandated that they fire at the van. She crashed into a nearby bike shop about a block away where she died from the gunshot wounds. You know what happened after that? According to the father, they left my daughter in a crushed building and tended to the officers, said Alonzo Wilson, the dad. Let's go to the chief. This is in Dalton, Illinois. That's your chief of police. His name is Robert Collins. He runs the police department. As the one year anniversary of Alexa Wilson's death approaches, the shooting is still under investigation with the state police. The Cook County State's Attorney's Office sent Atlanta Black Star statement on the case saying the case is still under investigation by prosecutors to determine if criminal charges are appropriate. So what do we have here? We have a basic conflict, a conflict at a fast food establishment. We have the police officers who decided to shoot into a van and kill a 19 year old young lady. They decided to shoot into this van knowing that she was no threat to them or anybody else. This was their execution. This is now headed to a judge and is still under criminal investigation. All right, attorney, what do you see here? I see immense injustice. It seems extremely reckless for an officer not to confirm whether there is actual use of deadly force or the threat of use of deadly force, but to simply take a citizen's word for it. And while I definitely understand that they can be high stakes situation and life or death moments when you have been told that you think the person has a gun. But the reality is that citizens get it wrong and also citizens will say whatever they feel is necessary to get an officer present. And officers have to bear that in mind before they use lethal force in situations where they are not even certain or have any knowledge because you cannot change the situation once you've killed someone, you cannot bring them back. And it's completely unacceptable for that officer to have fired into that vehicle when that woman, young lady tried to defend herself, which is the first thing you would do as you noted, if someone is punching at you. The thing is there needs to be justice here, there needs to be accountability because they cannot continue to have situations like this where officers just decide to flip a coin and shoot regardless of the circumstances, it's unacceptable. In this country, you still have the right of due process. If anybody wants to deprive you of your life, of your liberty, you have the right of due process. A cop should not be judge, jury, executioner. That is not how we work in the United States of America. And just because somebody may need to see a judge at some point in their future does not mean they need to meet their maker. These things are not congruent. This is not how we run a society. All right, we're gonna continue to follow this story. All right, I have an update, a DC cop, a DC cop has confirmed. Yes, the former president of the United States, Donald Trump was in fact furious, irrational and wanted to go to that Capitol personally. Here's part of that interview. Just how insistent was he about going? Well, I mean, we've heard it several times while I was on the motorcade. I think during the speech, shortly thereafter, he had finished the speech that the president was getting into the motorcade and he was upset and he, you know, adamantly wanted to go to the Capitol. And even when we departed from the ellipse, it was repeated again that the president 
it was a heated argument in the limo, and he wanted to definitely go to the Capitol. So when we arrived at the White House, uh, the, the motorcade was placed on standby. You know, in my experience, if a president is going to a destination, we go. And there are some some moves that just pop up along the way. and. But it's always communicated, it's always worked out, and we go. You know, when the president wants to go somewhere and there's a heated argument and dispute and a debate of whether or not the president can go somewhere, and then we actually don't go. I've never had that experience before. Once again, Secret Service, they do work with DC police on security protocol for the president of the United States. You just heard from DC officer Mark Robinson, who gave you the clear yes, the thing that we have been talking about, Donald Trump trying to meet terrorists at the US Capitol did in fact happen. There's more, while Robinson was not physically with Trump, he learned about this agitated state via communications from Secret Service that he was privy to, all right? He also expressed to Don Lemon how January 6th could have been much worse if Trump actually got his wish, here it is. How did that hit with you guys on that day? I mean, for me, I really didn't know what was, you know, what, what was actually happening outside the ellipse. I could hear, you know, transmissions from the radio that, you know, large crowds were going up to the Capitol, but I didn't know exactly what was happening. So for me, you know, to, to know that there are armed subjects outside, to know that there are large crowds responding, that was alarming because one, we weren't prepared to do that. Normally when you move a presidential motorcade, you have a secure route. So we didn't have sufficient personnel to do that. So we weren't comfortable with, with that move. Yeah, were you saying what on earth does he wanna go back to the Capitol? Was that what you guys were, were thinking? I mean, absolutely. I mean, now knowing what, what actually happened, that would have been horrible. You know, had you know the motorcade responded, you know, to the Capitol, I think it would have been just far worse. How so? You mean lives possibly? Meaning that, I mean, I think it would have, uh, you know, probably encouraged uh, more rioting. You know, and I felt supported. You know, if the presidential motorcade came in support of them, so I think the insurrectionists probably would have felt as though they had the support of the president. They did have the support of the president. It was because the Secret Service agents or the ones specifically driving who basically saved us from that entire additional disaster on such a chaotic and deadly day. I have significant background to share with you about the events that unfolded. The comments by Mark Robinson, who has testified to the January 6th committee further corroborate key details first revealed by former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson. Who spoke at length about Trump's behavior to the White House Select Committee. Hutchinson said that she was told that Trump became irate when informed by security that he would not be going to the Capitol on January 6th because the situation was not secure. So let's talk about these deleted text messages. Let's talk about the deleted text messages from Secret Service. The Department of Homeland Security, which oversees Secret Service, their watchdog agency, which in February 2021 requested all Secret Service text messages sent around January 6th, 2021, the day of the Capitol riot. They withdrew the request five months later, according to an email obtained by the top Democrats on two House committees. So what do we have here? In the month of February, we have the watchdog agency literally say, give us these text messages. 
And then for some unknown reason, they officially withdraw the request. Now, I know many people are saying, well, the Secret Service, they have text messages that clearly indicate Donald Trump was in fact trying to grab the steering wheel of a vehicle and go directly to the Capitol. I think it's more diabolical than that. I don't think Secret Service is simply protecting Donald Trump. I think Secret Service is protecting Secret Service. I think there are some members of Secret Service who may have actually been complicit with the idea. I think there's some communication between members of Secret Service that Secret Service does not want to come out. President be damned. I think this was about protecting that agency, not protecting a former president of the United States of America. There's more. Let's put up the picture of the DHS deputy, Inspector General, okay? Thomas Kite. In an email, we now absolutely are aware that Secret Service was in their or on their radar. We know this now, okay? A senior official at DHS said, and I quote, Jim, please, Jim, please use this email as a reference to our conversation where I said we no longer request phone records and text messages from the USSS, United States Secret Service, relating to the events on January 6th. Wait a minute. Literally, there's an email saying, hey, reference this email when you gotta cover your ass about us not requesting the information anymore. Here, point to this email right here. There's more. The email was obtained by House Homeland Security Committee, chaired by Representative Benny Thompson, and the House Oversight Committee, chaired by Carolyn Maloney. There they go. They sent a letter to the DHS Inspector General's office referring to the email and noting that in December, five months after the retraction, was requested for the text messages. The deputy inspector general again asked the Secret Service for text. They're playing games with you. Okay, see this back and forth. They know what they know what's going on. They're well aware. Everything else is just them putting it on paper. Okay, so the representatives have requested communications from the DHS inspector general related to the July 2021 email, and also they've asked for the deputy to make himself available to testify by August 15th, this will be under oath. It wasn't until this July that DHS Inspector General Joseph Kafuri told Congress the Secret Service emails were actually missing. Once again, further evidence of a massive cover up. All right, trying to put all this together here. Every day there's a new dot to connect. Adrian, thoughts here. Oh, this is something that I've been tweeting about uh, over the last few months. The fact is that Secret Service is 75% white and 72% male. So you can arguably say it's probably predominantly white male when we're talking about agents here. So when we consider that, just like every other law enforcement agency, I'm not going to pretend that all of a sudden because they take an oath and they take a badge, that it means that any kind of interest in advancing white male supremacy is something that is, let's say, off the table. So I'm not going to assume that these people are in any way superior 
better in their mindset than other officers we have in law enforcement. And you know, as what that rage song says, some of those who burn crosses are the same that work forces. That's all I really have to say about that. And I think that Trump is someone that would align with that mentality in terms of burning crosses. And so I will agree that I'm sure there are some working forces and even in the federal force. Yeah, and here's what the January 6th committee should do. Find the person that gave the order and put his or her ass under oath. That's what you do, okay? I guarantee you all of these Secret Service agents did not all of a sudden say, we're going to now delete text messages no. today. Somebody gave that order, somebody Absolutely. gave that order. Absolutely, all right, okay, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me remind everybody about primary coverage tonight, another round of primary elections. The establishment and progressives facing off. Tune in 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Catch the entire crew. All right, we're gonna break down races and results in Arizona, Kansas, Michigan, Missouri, and Washington. Watch on tyt.com forward slash live, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. I'm going to be on the main show tonight as well. Look forward to seeing you there in just a few hours also. Okay, Lynn about the cop indicted for murder who is still training SWAT. They're saying the quiet parts out loud by having that indicted cop train SWAT, there you go. Uh, Employed Brainy says, aren't there rules about shooting at a fleeing suspect? Talking about the death of the 19 year old girl, yeah, absolutely. Mickey C, the silver hat dragon. Uh, the Secret Service in the other cars all confirmed Trump's tantrum. They've said that they always have their radios on and can hear what is going on in the president's car. How much more testimony do we need? There you go, well said. All right, um, non-human humanist says no way, that is horrifying and outrageous talking about the cop indicted for murder, steel training SWAT. Um, McClyde the Burb Dragon, thank you, welcome to Indisputable. Don't forget, if you'd like to join Indisputable, you can. You can become a member on the YouTube page, just hit the button join. Multiple levels, we'd love to connect with you in a more substantial way. All right, thank you in advance. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. So you know, respect me. No, no, but the, 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 the pedestrian has a right away. And so did Jesus Christ have his way in his stuff. Crucified him. So don't tell me who has the right and who has the wrong. No. You almost hit me with the car. Thank you, you Christophe. You should be a better example. I see you, sir. You almost hit me with the car. You want to go to jail? Jail? Yeah. Do you want to go to the cemetery? Where do you want to go? Jail, cemetery, hospital, a lot of things. Jail. But you hospital. almost hit me with the car. You can't do that, sir. And you have. You should sir, be a better example. Please exa watch me too. Maybe I'm crazy. So you shouldn't be driving. You shouldn't be driving if you're crazy. Oh, he got me on camera, look. Hey, get my plates too. Okay, good. You got him? Good yeah, so you're threatening to kill me and then now- No, no, threatening to kill you? Why yeah. am I threatening to kill you? You heard what you said. You gotta be a better human being, you can't- Oh act my like God, this. listen to this guy, listen to this American people today. Everybody got a video camera, look, he got me a video camera. Okay, sir, you gonna give it to the police? Why you not go to ISIS terroristas and go get over there? See what I mean? What does that have to do with you almost hitting me with the car? Man, maybe you, uh, you see what kind of you are. You're a good man, thank you. I believe in Jesus, I don't believe you. Oh, I got more, believe it or not. 
So this male Karen almost hit a pedestrian. The pedestrian approached the male Karen and there's the video, here's more. You're lucky you moved too fast because I Jesus, run you what over. Is, what is, I got insurance. What, Jesus, I got doesn't, insurance. Jesus doesn't have nothing to do with I got insurance. I run you over. Car. I have insurance. I know, you, That's Jesus why have, I pay insurance so I can run people. He doesn't have nothing to do the way you're insurance asking. Insurance pay because you, you're supposed to be good men and get out of the way. No, I'm supposed to stop for you. Why am I supposed to stop for you? Who hey. in the hey. are you? Who in the are you I'm supposed to stop? You, you I am, sir. Can you be a witness here, sir? Yeah. Witness too. You got a witness over here. Look, a little bit of more witness. You You saw what happened, yeah, right? I saw what happened. You could be a witness to this. Yeah. yeah. Can you testify what happened? Yeah. Did you see him? My name is Anthony. Anthony yeah. Hong. You saw he almost hit me with the car. Yeah. Yeah. He's about to avoid you. Yeah. Thank you, sir. No, no problem. What's your name? I'm Anthony Hong. I, I, I put it right. Watch why he, the guy is coming crazy. Look, you have a call? Can you call the police? Wait, Jesus Christ! Jesus! I don't know how to unravel everything that's happening here. But when the guy said, hey man, do you want to go to jail? And the male care responded, hey, do you want to go to a cemetery? I mean, I think that's a death threat. Now, I don't know, I'm not an attorney. At least not yet, but we do have an attorney on the show. Let's put up this male care in full glory here, full mass. All right. He had that energy. He said it was about that life. And let's not forget, after he threatened to kill somebody, he wanted to make sure you knew he does, in fact, believe in Jesus Christ. All right. Adrian. Did he make a veiled threat here? Is this is this a problem? I, I would definitely say he made a veiled threat by suggesting that he was going to send the man that he almost hit to the cemetery. <laughs> you know, this individual here is a very special person. I would like to hope that they had a license and in the event that they do, they would have known that there are rules of the road and right. that they have to follow them. And I do wonder if that individual took off so quickly in part because they did not have a license. I do not know. I just know that they need to learn how to drive. And as someone who was almost hit by a car yesterday, I can tell you that it's a very jarring and upsetting experience. And so how the driver handles it, it can it can change the game entirely. And that gentleman did not handle it in, in any kind of acceptable format. Well, let me be the first to say, Ms. Lawrence, I'm so glad you were not hit by a vehicle or I would have had to feature them right here on <laughs> Indisputable. All right, okay. I got something for everybody, double dose. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're, you're I feel right, back off. I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Call me. What did you say to me? Go tell me. No. Hi. Okay, you need to leave. Man. He's being rude. You're being no, rude. No, I'm not being rude. You need to leave. I'm you buying something. You don't want any more customer. You need to leave. Oh, my customer? So customer then I want my thousands of dollars I spend here back every day. No, leave. Leave. So then give me my thousands of dollars. Give me my thousands of dollars. No, leave. Give me my thousands of dollars back. Leave. Then give me my thousands of dollars back. Oh. Okay, uh, this particular uh, Karen that's recording decided to explain her Karenicity 
which is rooted in bigotry and nationalism. Here it is. I said, I'm not leaving, call the cops. I've done nothing wrong, I'm trying to buy something. And he's like, I'm not discounting anything. I'm not selling you anything, get out of my store. Like pushing me out, like walking me out. Not touching me, but like pushing me basically out. And then I turn around and you're gonna be rude. Go back to your country, go back to your country. Cause he wasn't from here. That was it. And I mean this sincerely for all the people in the back. If you ain't gonna fucking respect Americans, go back to your country. Respect is or not given. Don't be fucking rude and work in customer service um, for one. So I turn around, I say go back to your fucking country and learn some manners before you come here. Whatever the fuck I said, spitfire as always, you know how I do. That was it. Back in New York, the word is not really like offensive, but I understand we live in a day and age and everybody's not from New York City and everything is sensitive to everybody who's not from New York City. So the gay guy, got really offended when I said for him to go back to his country. Get out of here, you go back to your country? Yeah, you ignorant, go back. Yeah, you that's your yelling, screaming at me. So I finally pull out my phone, I'll show you the end of it. Here's the video, been on the phone, uh, in the parking lot, so customer service complaining because that's not how we treat customers. So Mr. Hansen and Jamie are gonna lose their job today. This is what happens when we get Amanda Marie Kashner. Okay, bye. There is somebody who has to listen to that voice every day, unfortunately. She has admitted to racism, bigotry, and being homophobic. We do know who she is. Put up the picture, full picture here. Let me do this. Her name is Amanda Marie Keschner. As she revealed in the end of the video, she is an aspiring influencer a business owner and a self-proclaimed mental health advocate. According to her Instagram bio, you see it there, okay? All right, so there you have it. Um, Once again, you do not get to treat people any way you choose just because there may be a conflict. Telling someone to go back to their country is a racist trope also. Utilizing derogatory terminology to refer to our brothers and sisters in the LGBTQ community is a no-no. And we'll always earn you a spot here on Indisputable. Why? Because we provide a mirror for reflection and listen, Karen. If you take it for correction as well. All right, Adrian, thoughts here. You know, I hope that this is getting the attention that Ms. Kessner oh so desperately wants and seeks because it's clear she's homophobic as well as ethnocentric, which I'm sure is racist as well for her behavior. Um, you know, it's individuals like this who think that this is completely acceptable and that they're entitled to a certain level of treatment, uh, that they are the problem. And I really hope that Home Depot, despite some of its antics when it comes to politics, that they actually stand up and do the right thing, which would be to support their team members. I'm also very happy to see that white man also push back and for him to be using his voice because I assume she had made the go back to your country statement to the individual, the brown gentleman. But what we know at the end of the day is this person needs the attention that they deserve. They should not be able to walk amongst us and just get a pass as though maybe she was having a bad day. No, this person's ethnocentric. I bet they are racist and they are damn sure homophobic. So they should be treated accordingly. Yep. And so we try to, you know, make people's dreams come true. She's an aspiring influencer. Here it is, okay? Mm-hmm. Part of it.
All right, we got more on the other side. Indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me remind everyone about Aspiration. Aspiration offers socially conscious ways and sustainable ways to spend and save money, all right? And also the environment, okay? Save money while making the world a better place to live. And unlike the big banks, Aspiration does not use your deposits to fund oil pipelines or exploration. Real simple, sign up today. Aspiration.com forward slash TYT. Aspiration.com forward slash TYT. A lot of comments, we'll read as many as I can. V says, oh my gosh, there's a passenger in that car and they're not doing anything. <laughs> wow, <laughs> right, nothing. Just trying to get through the ride here. Next TYT reporter, I think unfunny Barat might be a little drunk or on something. I don't know, he may have that energy just on a regular Tuesday, you never know. All right, Conrad Williams, so immigrants are supposed to tolerate racist abuse from real Americans for the privilege of being here, question mark. Uh, $2 too, uh, thank you for that. Uh, yes, uh, the beautiful Miss Lawrence and Doc telling nothing but the absolute truth, gotta love it, thank you for that. Jacqueline uh, Jackson, thank you for that. Um, who else we got? Non-human humanist, thank you, non-human humanist. He believes in Jesus, question mark. He should follow his example and should not drive. He should walk or ride a donkey, if the donkey's willing to put up with him. There you go. C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. She wants her thousands of dollars for what she already spent, question mark. Are you returning the merchandise? Is she related to Ben Shapiro? She talking fast, there you go. Uh, Mackenzie J. Alleman, welcome. To indisputable double dose. Thank you so much for your connection. All right. Here it is. Anti Karens Unite. You screaming at employees at Walmart. Get out of here. That's racist. Yes, it is. No, it's not. The United States doesn't have an official language, jackass. Um, sir, did she hit? Did she hit your car? Yeah, they hit my car. Okay. We have a picture of the license plate. No way! No, no, no. Get away! Get away! Get away! Get away! Oh my God, Beth! I know I'm videotaping this. Dad, look at this. It's not us. We're good. She hit his car, and now they're driving like. Get away! Get away! Yeah, hit and run situation here. Uh, the Karens are driving away from an accident they were involved in. The anti-Karens are there trying their best to stop them from committing a second criminal offense. They seem to be unsuccessful. The screaming from the passenger side is evidence of a conspiracy here to leave the scene of the crime. Quite fascinating, okay. Attorney Adrian Lawrence, what crimes did you see committed by these Karens? 
Well, it definitely seemed like, uh, well, assuming they're at fault of the accident, it could be an assault or definitely some kind of conversion injury to property, but also trying to run away and then going up on someone else's lawn or property. It's just, these people are full of trouble. And my concern is that they're going to get away with it even after law enforcement sees that footage. The thing is, is that penalty and punishment need to be executed swiftly because these Karens don't get it because they've never faced that kind of punishment before. And they need to face it so we Stop being punished by their antics. Yeah, let's put up a picture of the van in question here. All right, it's all the information we have. Maybe it's a start. Okay. All right. I'd be damned. The police, they go to evict a person, they break the lock, they are about to enter to take all of the belongings from inside the house to outside of the house. And they are at the wrong house. We have the video, here it is. Hello? Hello? What are you doing? Uh, we're here to finalize the eviction. What eviction? It was posted a week ago, it was posted last week. On my house? Yes, ma'am. What is your name? My name is Jennifer, and that is my house. Jennifer, what's your last name, Jennifer? Oh, damn it. I am caught up on my bills. Nobody has served me an eviction notice. Yeah, I think it's 4-3. What the hell is going on? Shit. We're going to fix her lock, change the lock. Hey, we actually, we do apologize. We have the wrong house with the next door neighbors. What we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to, they're gonna have to repair their lock on that. My dogs are inside. No, no, we're not going in, we're not going in. Hey, um, real quick, what's, what's your phone number? What in the Keystone Cops is going on here? Okay, so according to Jennifer who posted on Instagram later and explained what happened. She posted on TikTok, excuse me, and explained what happened. Uh, she said, hey, <clears throat> I asked the cops, who was responsible for actually confirming and reading the address? The cop says, well, all of us are, which means that all of these stooges literally read the address wrong. All of them, and they're supposed to be investigators. Imagine what would have happened if the young lady, Jennifer Michelle is her name, if she did not have a ring video doorbell to say something to the cops. What if she just wasn't available or there was no ring video doorbell at all? Or, or somebody was in the home that may not have been a residence there and they had no idea how to respond to these cops who just broke into your house. Now remember, they broke the lock, okay? They did offer to buy lunch for Jennifer after they spoke on the cell phone once the cops realized they were at the wrong home. But once again, once again, these are investigators, investigators who go to the wrong home and all they had to do was literally read the address that they walked past, every single one of them. How does this happen? 
with multiple investigators going to the wrong house and not one person says, hey, Bill, um, that's the wrong address on the damn home. This is how warrants are served and individuals are killed who were never supposed to have police interaction in the first place. Why are cops not paying attention? Now, Adrian, I got this question to ask you. Uh, do the police have complete immunity here? Cause I believe the police, they bring a contractor with them who literally does the breaking and entering. And then the police or the deputy sheriff will go in and take out the belongings. Is that person completely protected given the fact they weren't supposed to be on that property? Well, I would say that from what I've seen so far that generally the police are insulated from liability so long as they act reasonably. And anybody who is acting on their behalf, which would probably be the contractor in that situation, would also be extended that same immunity there. And we've seen that in cases where they have executed warrants and ransacked people's homes and it turns out it's the wrong address. And that person can't do anything except for hope and rely that they have renter's insurance or homeowner's insurance and have their insurance companies take care of it. It's completely and totally illogical, kind of the bandwidth that police are given when it comes to what is considered reasonable and unreasonable. And as far as I'm concerned, yes, mistakes happen all the time. You can read something as a three and it turned out it was a four. It happens at the same time, is it reasonable? And I would say if you have multiple officers who are attending some kind of raid or going into a property, who should, the reasonable thing would be to have multiple officers look at it and to confirm that you're at the right place. Is that something we do in the practice of law? and making sure we have multiple eyes on something before we go ahead and engage in an act that could potentially be significant. And especially when you have armed individuals entering people's home and property, you would think that they would you know, maybe exercise the same kind of maybe just reasonableness. Yeah, and I gotta say this, I think it was unreasonable what they did because they confirmed it so quickly. They literally confirmed it within about three seconds of being told, hey, this is a different property. They went to the front of the house and said, oops, we're at the wrong house. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me remind you to watch the watch list. Make sure it is part of your daily viewing. The big home, Jared Jackson, live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time. 9 a.m. Pacific time. You can watch live daily. Follow at facebook.com forward slash watchlisttyt. Also subscribe at youtube.com forward slash watchlisttyt. David Morris says, I thought witches were just a myth. Talking about the screaming Karen from that vehicle. Also for Primus says, I still don't get how in 2020 they still can't verify correct locations in 2022. They still can't verify correct locations, that's right. Uh, Justin Moffitt, thank you so much. Welcome to Indisputable, we appreciate you now, all right? Anti-Karen, uh, Twitch, dead in the scene, someone called an exorcist, yeah. All right, uh, horrific story, horrific, New York neurologist, who prayed on six patients has now been convicted. Put his picture up for a mask, 68 years of age, Ricardo Cruciani, New York neurologist. 
okay? Has been found guilty on charges of sexually abusing patients while prescribing them opioids for more than a decade. Let me give you a description of the abuse. Cruciani's patients sought his medical care for their chronic pain disorders. But this neurologist who allegedly overprescribed pain medication to them to keep them in his care and then forced them to have sex with him according to the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg Jr. This doctor manipulated vulnerable patients. Cruciani used his background in psychiatry to ask his patients questions about private matters like their childhoods and marriages, eventually developing a personal relationship with them. He would also stroke his patient's hair, compliment their appearance and give them hugs until it progressed to him forcibly kissing and groping the women and compelling them to have sex with him. If certain victims refused to engage in sex acts, he retaliated by referring them to another medical provider that would not prescribe the same combinations or quantities of narcotics that he got them hooked on according to the indictment. One of the victims, Tanisha Johnson, told the New York Times in 2021 that at one point she was prescribed count 1300 pills a month. You heard that correct, 1300 pills a month. Hillary Tullin said to the publication that she told a psychologist about his assaults, but the psychologist allegedly did not report the doctor, which is a requirement. The psychologist failed her too, there's more. When the patient sought outside medical care, some doctors refused to treat them because of the high doses they were already taking. The patients developed opioid addictions and were left with sexual trauma according to the Manhattan DA. So let's talk about this conviction. This neurologist was convicted on one count of predatory sexual assault, one count of attempted rape, one count of sexual abuse, two counts of rape and seven counts of criminal sexual act. This lawsuit delivers justice to the six women he abused in New York. There are at least 11 other women in Pennsylvania and New Jersey that have spoke out against the sexual misconduct and criminal actions of this neurologist. I highlight this story because it's important to remember just because someone is educated, just because someone has a position of public trust, just because someone is supposed to be trusted by way of societal construct does not mean they should be. The reason why this neurologist is no longer preying on innocent victims is because people decided to speak up. I want everyone to know you are empowered to speak up when there's wrong in front of you. This is one of those examples of an individual who has been allowed to operate for years, for years as a predator. Now, finally, he's been caught. I think the penalty should be more severe, but it is what it is. At least this doctor has been exposed. All right, Adrian, thoughts on this? 
I, I couldn't agree more in terms of upping the penalty. This person, uh, they took advantage of individuals who were already in very vulnerable positions, getting them addicted to drugs and then exploiting them sexually and dehumanizing them. And also the people who need to be also punished are those who did not report, who didn't yeah. say anything and that continued to protect this predator. It truly does take a village and time and time again, we see that people are who are in positions of power and position to do something are doing nothing. And they're doing nothing because they don't face consequences. We need consequences for people if we are going to expect change. Yeah, and here's the thing. There are people in certain professions, they don't wanna rock the boat. They don't wanna be known as the problematic psychologist or doctor. Let's be very clear, okay? We are in positions all the time where we can just speak up and do what's right. I know what that's like, it's not easy, okay? But it's the right thing to do. Sometimes you have to come against individuals you would rather be friends with. Leadership is not about who you motivate. Leadership is about who you're willing to offend when necessary. And we have too many people in positions of leadership and public trust who are not willing to offend people when it is absolutely required. Very sad story, a daycare abuses a three year old child. Daycare workers have now been charged with that abuse. Let's put up the picture of the alleged abusers here, okay? They abused a black child. The workers at a church daycare in Georgia have been charged in a child abuse case for allegedly slamming around a three year old child. It was caught on video. The Clarkston Police Department in the state of Georgia issued warrants for the arrest of Bernetta Glover and Autumn Coney. On charges of cruelty to children in the first degree stemming from a July 6th incident at Clarkston First Baptist Academy, okay? Kristen Collier, the mother, said her three-year-old son came home with a swollen jaw and visibly upset on July 6th. After seeing her son's injuries, the mother confronted the teachers and requested the video from the daycare. She also pulled her son from the daycare and called the police. Talk about a vigilant and smart mother. She got exactly what she needed for justice to be served and for the abuse to stop. The abuse occurred repeatedly over the course of three hours, according to the police. The staff punched my child in the face, grabbed him by his ponytail and led him around like it's a leash. Call you told WGCL CBS 46. I watched her grab him by his top ponytail, slam him against the wall, punch him in the face. I feel so bad for him. And this is the first time that he's ever been in daycare. She continued, this is a church. This is a church and I trusted the church. I got some information about the church. Let's go to these steals from the video. The video. Carrier shared with the news outlet shows a teacher picking up the child by the arms and then by his shirt and throwing him down. There's another video we have stills from that as well. One of the workers are stepping on a child's finger and kneeing another child in the back of the head 
while the other scolds the baby. Who's in charge of this church? Put up their pictures. The heads of Clarkston First Baptist Church, Pastor Carl D. Moore and his wife and Angelia Moore. They are in charge, buck stops with them. Now, I'm not saying that they were aware of this abuse. There's no evidence to suggest that. But I am saying that they are responsible at the end of the day because it happened under their leadership. Now, this mother not only exposed the abuse of her own three year old child, but the abuse that was happening to other children in that facility. Yes, an arrest has been made, but because of the vigilance once again of a mother, she had to put this evidence together, provided it, the arrest warrant went out. It's so sad that we have to cover stories like this to highlight the reality of child care in America, especially contextualized through religious establishments. How many times on Indisputable have we covered stories just like this? And it was a religious establishment that covered the criminal activity. Well, at least in this case, you don't have the pastor coming out defending the actions of the daycare workers as we have seen in other cases prior. We're gonna follow this because once again, the mother exposed that the actions of abuse were not simply isolated to her own child. Adrian, thoughts here. You know, this is very, very scary. And I think this is something that would be out of every parent's nightmare. The thought that they are leaving their children in someone's care and that person is abusing them. Cuz that's clearly what was happening in that instance. And it's hard to believe that other people there in that church or in that facility had no idea whatsoever that this is the nature of these people. I'm sure you could be able to tell from their disregard of maybe the children's needs at times that they were not necessarily the best caretakers for them. And so it just, it really, really speaks to the fact that we, we shouldn't have to have video surveillance in these environments, but we do. Because there are too many people out there who will say they are positioned to take care of children and that they are the best caretakers. All the while they are the best abusers. And so I do hope that these women who are abusing these kids that they are held to the highest standards and that they are hit with the books because they deserve any kind of punishment that comes down the pike if not more. And this is why regulation is important. I know there are some people who watch the show, they are anti-regulation, anti-rules, anti-protocol. You must have regulation in place, especially as it relates to the safety of children. Yes, it's going to require that an agency or professional, they must go through another level of bureaucracy. But at the end of the day, the trade-off is worth it. It's in protection of our young people. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me read a few comments before we continue. Mika C the Silverhead Dragon says a church daycare church, yet another example of fake Christians acting as their loving God commanded. Sister Soul says he was turning them into junkies to groom them, talking about the neurologist who preyed on patients. Okay, a man has now pleaded guilty for a multi-year scheme of actually posing as a federal agent and getting away with it. Let's put this picture up for a mass here. This is an interesting saga. Washington DC, a Washington DC man accused of a multi-year scheme to pose as a federal agent pleaded guilty to charges from the rules and has agreed to cooperate with the government's investigation. 
His name is Arian Terra Zarde, 40 years of age. He sent these photos to a witness showing him with police gear in his apartment, including cases meant to carry firearms. That picture is from the US Department of Justice. He actually admitted to creating a private law enforcement company and investigative service called, and I quote, the United States Special Police. That was the name of it, the United States Special Police. And using that organization, that company, to pretend to be a federal agent with the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Justice, and other federal agencies. He also claimed to be a former Army Ranger, a former US Air Marshal, a special agent with Homeland Security, and a member of some multi-jurisdictional task force. On Monday, he pleaded guilty to one federal conspiracy charge, two violations of DC law, unlawful possession of a large capacity ammunition feeding device, and voyeurism. The scheme began when in December of 2018, it continued all the way to 2022. So this individual, Arian, used his fake affiliation with the federal government to recruit other people to the United States Special Police and defraud the owners of three luxury apartment complexes by securing leases and then failing to pay more than $800,000 in unpaid rent, fees and parking, according to the court filings, okay? He was also in cahoots with this guy, Hayader Ali, 36 years of age, was in cahoots with Mr. Arian. Arian and Ali were arrested in April for conduct stemming from the scheme. Ali has pleaded not guilty. The two claim to be investigators or special agents with the US Special Police. Though the entity was not affiliated with the US government or Washington DC. Ali also allegedly made claims he participated in the arrest of El Chapo, that his family was Middle Eastern royalty, that he was a Calvin Klein model, and that a close relative led the Pakistani intelligence service. Additionally, the unnamed person was also involved, an unnamed individual was also involved And the three sought to ingratiate themselves with members of law enforcement and the defense community, specifically by lavishing Secret Service employees with gifts worth more than $90,000. What in the hell is going on here? I mean, it seems as if they were getting away with this and would have continued to get away with this if it had not been for an outstanding bill. There's more. In one instance, Arian gave a gave the wife of a Secret Service employee what he claimed was a government vehicle, and the worker and his wife a generator and survival backpack. He gave another a penthouse apartment to live in rent free for a year, and the third Secret Service employee with a penthouse apartment, drone, gun locker, and Pelican case. What? They are literally giving gifts to federal agents and the family members of federal agents to bolster his claim and appear as legitimate as a legitimate federal employee. Ali used photos of well-known government officials, which he obtained through his work as a driver with a car service, according to court filings. A sentencing date for Arian has not 
been set. Though he is set to appear in court again in November. Four Secret Service employees, two are agents and two are uniformed division officers, were also suspended in April after they were duped in the scheme by them both. Now, were they really duped? I have questions. Adrian, can you make sense of any of this? Well, it sounds like someone was bored and thought they were maybe in some kind of Netflix film. Like, are you kidding? Oh, you said Calvin Klein model? Get out of here. At what point were people going to wonder, hey, are you telling the truth or not? And that actually tells me that law enforcement doesn't have enough women involved in this situation because we would have smelled the lie with the quickness. I don't know what other men were out here saying, oh, well, it sounds logical to me. Like, get the hell out of here. Ain't nobody got time for all these lies. It should have thrown up a red flag to a number of people. The fact that it did not and it went on as long as it did, that's an indictment on the individuals involved because you know I, I've believed a few whoppers in my day, but nothing to that extent. I mean, Adrian, you got a point here because I agree with you. Uh, if, if they would have tried to run this game on a number of women in law enforcement, it would not have worked. Uh, these men obviously like the, uh, I guess, gifts they were receiving. That's likely why they have been fired and suspended. But it is quite fascinating. You literally have a guy that says, hey, I work for a secret government agency that y'all don't even know about and you're the government. And we're going to recruit you to work for us in this top secret, no paperwork government mm-hmm. agency. And by the way, I model for Calvin Klein. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Okay, you know what else is unbelievable? Lying as Herschel Walker. Now, Herschel Walker claims that MSNBC called him the N-word. Let's go to what Mistel said about Herschel Walker on MSNBC. Here it is. It's going to be a close election in Georgia because Walker is has the backing of the Republicans. Now you ask why are Republicans backing this man who's so clearly unintelligent, who so clearly doesn't have independent thoughts, but that's actually the reason. Walker's right. gonna do what he's told, and that's what Republicans like. That's what Republicans want from their Negroes, to do what they're told. And Walker presents exactly as a person who lacks independent thoughts, lacks an independent agenda, lacks an independent ability to grasp policies. And he's just gonna go in there and vote like Mitch McConnell tells him to vote. Okay, Mr. basically called Herschel Walker a dumb Negro. I detect no lies there. Here's what Herschel Walker said in response. Good morning. You know, a lot of people have been asking me to say something about the man on MSNBC that called me the N-word. Here's what I got to say about that. Shame on MSNBC and shame on him. I'm going to pray for both of them because they need Jesus. When I saw what he said, It reminded me of the differences between myself and my opponents, Senator Warnock, and the left-wing crazy that believe America is fundamentally a bad country full of racist people. I mean, you were struggling with that fundamentally, brother, but you got it out, Herschel. Proud of you. Okay, so obviously uh, nobody called Herschel Walker the N-word because Negro is not the N-word. Now. I don't think Herschel Walker knows the difference. I really don't. I'm not being hyperbolic here. I think Herschel Walker believes the word Negro is the N word. Okay, 
All right, um, the same week Walker went on Fox News and continued to lie about various issues that we've all highlighted right here on Indisputable, here it is. Why would you commit to October 16th? Well, one of the first things you gotta think about, a debate is for the people, not for any press or True. for any uh, a political party. He keep talking about debates because he don't wanna talk about his terrible record. Within a week of you getting the nomination, outcomes, revelations about three children, they say you haven't acknowledged in the past. We know about your son Christian. What about the three others? I've acknowledged my other kids, and the thing I didn't acknowledge them here because, and now my my daughter, uh, people have seen her at some of the functions I've been at. My two youngest kids, I'm not going to acknowledge them because I don't want them to be on any kind of scrutiny. Are you involved in their lives? Oh, I've always been involved in their life. They, those, my, those little boys, I love them to death, and they know that that dad loves them, and that's what counts. What about your work with the FBI? You said in the past you worked for the FBI. Did you? No, I never said I worked with the FBI. I said I worked with. I've been to the FBI training with the FBI, which I did. You talked about the air and China's air and our air. I was good air, decided to float over to China, bad air. <laughs> so when China gets out good air, that bad air got to move. And what did you mean by that? You know that is very simple. We have clean air here. China do not have clean air. And I said, we're doing our part. As I said, what Brother Mistel said on MSNBC, I detected no lies, okay? Now, um, Herschel Walker is still competitive. Herschel Walker could actually become a US Senator, make no mistake about it. With all of his problems and lack of capacity to govern and all of the leaked emails from his own campaign that says this guy lies so much, we don't believe him anymore. He is still within striking distance to win the Senate seat out of Georgia. Adrian, thoughts on this? Well, you know, Herschel Walker's gonna Herschel Walker, and Herschel Walker has been doing him for whatever years he's been alive. So I don't really blame Herschel Walker for being, you know, unintelligent and also just a walking, you know, hypocrisy laden lie. But I definitely do blame those who are Georgia voters who are actually invested in this man and uplifting him and putting him in a position of power to have say over the Senate and their representation in our congressional system. I think that that is the problem and that yeah. is the scary part. The thought that they, number one, think that they can control this person who can't even control their mouth is also foolish. It's like, why would you do this? It's, it's absolutely ignorant just so you can maintain some sense of white supremacy. Well, guess what? It is going to backfire on you because if you think that this man has any sense and is going to listen for even a, a, a small amount of time, God bless you because I have what beachfront property in Utah to sell you. You don't have any sense and you need to be smarter when it comes to your future, your livelihood, social security, everything that'll be wrapped up in how we move forward in this nation. God, put your white supremacy aside, ain't nobody got time. Line ass, Herschel Walker. All right, always a pleasure, Miss Lawrence, having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Rebel HQ, YouTube and Facebook. All right, thank you. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable. <laughs>